book is about largely about my own experiences and something we we talk I end up talking with our customers about all the time it 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 really was one it was a a passion project and it was something I enjoy writing about Hey everybody, welcome, welcome back. It is Wednesday and as usual I am your host Andrew Dupe. Chief Relationship Officer at Leaders Press, and this is Leaders Talk. And today, just after the holidays, I have a very special guest here with us. Uh, that is going to be Matt Kleinman. So let me have a chance to introduce you a little bit here to Matt. So Matt is the CEO of Cumulus DS. It's a technology company that focuses on delivery of a digital twin in the workforce. Uh, most digital twin applications concentrate on physical access, leaving the workforce kind of to the side. Uh, but advances such as low power, Bluetooth transmitters, accelerometers, GPS sensors, pressure gauges, they're all being applied to tools uh, like wrenches and power tools and minor equipment like pumps. Cumulus collects the data of all of that interface and human worker and their tools in the environment to create a real-time view of the workforce, as well as an audit trail that when you carry it out, it yields dramatic savings. And with us, Matt has put that information into Work Done Right, his soon-to-be best-selling book. Uh, Matt, welcome. I, I didn't understand half of what I said on the uh, on that intro, but when we actually talked before, though, I think it's going to break down really easily to our audience. So tell us a little bit about you and about Work Done Right. Hey, Andrew. Great to be here. Happy New Year. And uh, Happy no, New Year. Great. That was a great dis uh, description and uh, ha really looking forward to our discussion and diving into what that's all about and how that relates to Work Done Right. Um, at, the high at the highest level, Work Done Right really explains what we do both in Cumulus and what my career is focused on for the last 15 years or so, which is work quality for critical work in the field. And by field, I mean, whether it's construction or maintenance, it's human beings have to go out and do something. And you could think about, um, you know, you might have a factory floor where you have a quality management system to make sure that every unit of whatever it is you're building is, uh, is built to specification. Right. Well, that's what we do for work in the field. Uh, there is a tremendous problem in the industrial world with rework, and that is work that it uh, wasn't done properly and has to be redone. And uh, the rework rate in construction, for example, is about 30%, meaning that 30% of all work that gets done uh, isn't done right. And it has to be redone. If you've had work done on your house or, or you know, a contractor come, you might have experienced the pain of rework, which is mm. uh, it adds a lot of cost and time to projects. And it's also uh, a big safety problem on site. So um, my original background is from the aerospace world, where if you can imagine an, an, an airplane, aircraft maintenance having a 30% rework rate, meaning 30% of maintenance that wasn't done properly, the outcry and outroar that, the, mm. that there would be. Um, but I've been uh, spending the last 15 years applying all those learnings from aerospace where you don't have those rework rates, where work is done right the first time, and bring that into the world of construction and industrial operations. And that's what Cumulus does. And that's what the book is about. So much of that makes sense though. I mean, if, if ladies and gentlemen, if you're not familiar with it, uh, take a minute just to look at the amount of actual work that goes into aerospace and goes into uh, the simple fact is of just flying an airplane from one point to another, all of the points of failure that can go on with that and how much work goes into 
preventing any of those points of failure because one point of failure you lose 300 people in an airplane um and but we don't ever think of that in how can we apply that maybe to something like industry which also has a high risk of injury or death on the work uh, on the workplace we've never really applied the amount of standards we have in aerospace to those kind of industries so was that kind of your motivation when you went into this yeah exactly you know in in the aerospace world Mm -hmm. Uh, every pretty much everybody, uh, certainly in the United States, but globally, either has or can picture themselves taking an airplane flight somewhere. So yeah. it is uh, aircraft safety is a very is very personal to almost everybody, um, and that when there is an unfortunate accident, there is a huge amount of public attention, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's you know any criminal negligence or congressional hearings, certainly an NTSB. Uh, investigation of whatever happened and those learnings are then incorporated. We don't do the same thing in heavy industry. When there's an accident, uh, there's certainly attempts to get learnings from that and and to improve. But the general public at large and and the government, both at the federal and local levels, really keep generally a very hands-off approach Mm -hmm. to to regulating these industries. Now, in general, that, that you know, you can get into a political discussion about the role of regulation and uh, and whether that helps the economy. But, you know, at the, from a safety perspective, uh, we certainly don't do enough to make sure that that workers are safe. And then the industry has an economic self-interest in making sure that they're not doing rework all the time. So <laughs> yeah. uh, but but that that there has been always been that 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 barrier around the industry where they say, well, we've been doing it this way for so many years. Uh, we don't uh, culturally like to talk about when things go wrong. And that is just contrary to what happens in aerospace. And I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to jump from aerospace into heavy industry and and really saw my career, uh, my, my career goals for the last, uh, as I mentioned, decade and a half have been looking around saying, wait, there's there's a better way to do this and to uh, teach, cajole, whatever term you might be, uh, the industry into, into applying lessons that have been, that have served the aerospace world well for, for decades. And it's so important too, to have like some kind of piece of media, a book or, or something that you can actually then progress beyond even a book that makes it easy for everybody that's in the industry to actually understand what's going on. I immediately came to mind what you're saying, like there aren't really that many standards. I remember the everybody makes fun of it, shake hands with danger, the video they put out right. in like the 70s. Right. Nobody listened to that. It's like it's like when you're in high school and you, and they and they put up the STD video, everybody exactly. goes to sleep until the end of it. So exactly. it, I feel like it's really important to have something that actually takes and applies the information uh, that you're trying to convey properly. It is. And that was a, a nice thing about working with Leaders Press is that a lot of publishers that we had looked at for the, my team and I had looked at for the book, you know, they were looking for this, you know, an academic tome on work, you know, work quality and engineering. And that's not our target audience. Our target audience are not uh, academics, are not people mm-hmm. who are looking to sit and read a 300 page contemplation of of safety and quality practices while while we certainly could have written that um it was nice you know we wrote this very concise plain language book that just says here's a bunch of anecdotes and a framework to use 
If you are a safety manager or a quality manager at an industrial facility or on a construction site that you can read probably in one sitting and, and then just have as a reference or to give out to other members of your team to say, you know, we could be doing this better. And here's some, here, here's some models, mental models, thought processes that we could use to, that, that have been used in other industries and we can bring over here to, to make our company better. So what do you see as the future of the book now that you have it, now that it's there? What's your plans for how you're actually going to be able to take this book and be in, implement change? So uh, the book is, uh, you know, going on, I'm frankly, having discussions like this, trying to get in front of mm -hmm. uh, as many potential leaders in the industry who uh, are interested in in picking it up and, and reading something quick, but then thinking about how how do we then apply that to uh, to our own uh, to our own operations and to be a resource. I, I you know, and, and some of that may benefit Cumulus. Some of it may just be be a re resource in the industry uh, to to help people on their journey. Everybody's starting from a different place, and yeah. um, and, and it's something that I am incredibly passionate about. If the book itself helps, that's awesome. Uh, and then I might you know would love to be able to help as well to the best uh, as best as I can. So to those in our audience that might be in the industries that you're serving and talking to, or, or even ones that may just think, be thinking right now, what are some ways in which maybe I can implement some of what you're proposing in my business? What would be some suggestions that you would have to those people that would be asking those kind of questions? Yep. So yeah, great question. And we, in the book, we talk about a framework called systems thinking, and that comes from the concept of systems engineering. And what that means is every piece of a system, whether that system is an airplane or a building or whatever it might be, uh, every piece relates to everything else. And it and and as opposed to looking at very siloed work processes. So the mm -hmm. first is thinking of thinking about your system wherever you're working and and think broadly about it. Think about um, not only the people who work directly under you, but what are the other actors upon whatever your your businesses, whether it's supply chain, other vendors, your customers, uh, regulators, uh, whatever it might be, think about your system as broadly as possible. And we give some examples and tools of how to do that so that people can, can step outside of their immediate environment and the people hmm. that they immediately work with every day. Because very often the causes of whatever quality challenges people are facing uh, are probably several steps removed from directly what we're doing. I mean, of course, you can sometimes there's a someone lacks training or uh, you know some software system like Cumuluses can come in and and immediately provide benefit. But more often than not, especially at legacy industries that have been around for a while, there are just bad habits and 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 bad practices that develop all over the place. So one example would be we often see. Uh, someone comes in wanting new technology to manage a workforce, but we we end up seeing that their procurement system uh, is not tailored to what they're actually doing, and their contracts are completely inappropriate. And there there's a lot they could do with contracting and providing the right incentives and aligning incentives. And it's not a technology problem they're facing; it's a contracting problem they're facing. Mm -hmm. Or maybe there's an HR system where where their people aren't being rewarded for taking 
um, appropriate risks and, and people are, are punished for risks and people, uh, <laughs> yeah. so they, so, so it, it's, it's just reinforcing a resistance to change and improvement. And you could look at a lot of those systems and see how, how, how you can get better um, and how everything interrelates to each other. And then the second thing is uh, when you're identifying your solution to uh, think about it quantitatively of what your what improvement you're looking for. And, and that that's something that a lot of people don't do is there's, there's a gut feel of, well, we're going to try something out and it'll work or it won't, but you don't really do good metrics in, in, in how and in how you're improving. And so thinking about the business outcomes you want to achieve, turning those into quantifiable metrics so you can mm -hmm. evaluate whatever change, whether it's technology change, system change, process change, you, you can do that quantitatively and and really see objectively whether what you're doing is working or not, or you have to go do something else. Yeah. You say you really have to take a very holistic approach then to, to look at everything <laughs> and see where your exactly. points of failure and points of successes are. Uh, do you ever get any pushback? I know that sometimes when you're working with a business, you're going to run into people that say, I, I've been doing this for, for 25, 30 years. <laughs> this, is, sure. this is how this is how I was taught to do it. I mean, how do you overcome those kind of situations? Yeah, a lot of people, um, you know, there's certainly that, as you as, as you just said, the I've been doing this for 30 years. I am the expert in my own system. Mm -hmm. and, and that is why a quantitative approach is really important. Uh, showing up with data, both right. on, in terms of the problem that you're facing. So it's not just uh, an attack on somebody, uh, you know, or, or you're not doing your job right. And therefore that's why, that's why our operations are terrible. It, it's no, be, be quantitative in identifying and quantifying both the problem and the solution. Um, and so it takes, a, a, it takes some of that emotion out of it. You, you are always going to have human nature uh, yep. by, by design. These are human problems and, and you're going to have to deal with human nature. People will be defensive and it's really about um, not making this, hey, we're uh, an outside consulting company, you know, take it, you know, McKinsey or who, you know, McKinsey's often <laughs> portrayed as the big bad, uh, the big bad wolf. You know, we're having McKinsey come in and their whole goal is just to fire people. And that's what we're going to come in. The efficiency it. experts. From, right, the efficiency uh, expert yeah. and the efficiency <laughs> is just giving managers a an, a, a, uh, an excuse to to reduce staff. And that's not what this is about. It's right. And that's why we're not focusing on um, business efficiency or cutting costs. This is about improving work quality in a facility. That means everybody should want to create the highest quality product you can, whether that product is a widget in a manufacturing plant, or it's construction and maintenance at a facility, which is what we focus on. Most people want to do a good job. People are looking to do things to, to, to mess up, um, but people are defensive and you just have to go in it with, uh, with, with openness, compassion and quant and numbers and data. And it's, not about you're fired or you're rewarded. It's we can be doing better. Let's let's all get together and do it. And usually we're able to be successful in creating that team all for one environment. Once we can get over the defensiveness and people don't think we're just coming in to to audit them or 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 or, or to to result in in job cuts. It's no, we're we can be doing this better. Here's some other examples of similar companies that have done things that we could try. 
And here's how we're going to know if we're successful or not. And it's going to be transparent and transparency is, is key. Uh, and to yeah. everybody involved. It, you know, I think that's why having a book is also you know, something that really helps because it, it, that's something that you immediately can get to know you and get to trust you before you actually even get in the door and you can put your data right there. I'm, it was going through my mind as I hear this, I think about like the pushback against football analytics that happened that, that stopped because yeah. everybody realized exactly. those analytics worked. The, the, I mean, the statistics the, the are ball, correct. In, the baseball, the money ball example, right? With the Oakland. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Exactly. Once, once people started to realize I can, if they, I implement these steps properly, I will get positive results yeah, exactly. that and and exactly, Moneyball, the book, the movie, things like that, bolstered that kind of case. And and, and that they're going to look at their own business in a way that is completely different than they've ever looked at it before, yeah. and probably with some surprises on the upside and the downside. And those surprises on the downside usually result in opportunities to improve and you could define improvement in a bunch of different ways, but opportunities to improve their own businesses that they would never have crossed their mind um, through traditional, you know, however they've been managing their business in the past. Right. Right. So I want to take a little, uh, a little bit of a pivot here because sure. obviously our audience, they're interested in books. Many of them are thinking about writing a book. Yeah. When did you decide to make the leap from I have this idea, I wanted to write it down to actually say, I'm going to get this <laughs> in 200 pages or less and get it out on a shelf somewhere? Yeah, well, what I started doing is writing, uh, I think like a lot of authors, writing blog posts and mm -hmm. writing different ideas. And I was, I was working with uh, the marketing uh, person at our company. I'll get, you know, give her credit. Gab her name is Gabby Small, and she is phenomenal. And we were working together on writing all kinds of blog posts. And, and a lot of it was directly marketing Cumulus's products and services, as, as you would expect. I'm the CEO of the company. But then a lot, of, a lot of the blogs we ended up writing were more general about advice from my own experience um, and my team's own experience working with all kinds of customers. And it just sort of it was really, I guess, uh, I was about to say last year, but it's 2024. So <laughs> yeah. um, towards middle to end of 2022, we, we kind of realized, no, we have a lot of content here that deserves more than a blog. Uh, we don't want to write a 300 page thesis, but it's more than a blog. And, and there's a lot that go together. And so late 2022 is when we started thinking, let's start putting all these ideas together in, in the form of a book. And, um, and and make it a coherent story, for lack of a better term, it's nonfiction, but store a story from beginning to end uh, uh, that that really is designed with the reader in mind who's looking to implement something new in their own business. And um, the book kind of just developed a life of its own from <laughs> there, uh, and kind of just putting putting these together and expanding on what we'd already written about. And, um, and then getting in touch with Leaders Press, um, I forgot, it was, it was spring of 2023 or so, um, to to work to actually turn it into a, a publication. Yeah. And how did you find the process? I mean, it, a lot of people are intimidated by the idea of writing a book. That's why many of them haven't done it, just because of all the work that goes into it. So how did you, obviously with the work helping Leaders <laughs> Press helped you out, but 
How yeah. are some other ways in which you yourself were able to overcome the obstacles that people find? Yeah, it was, it was certainly a lot of work. I would not, you know, you know, say it, it wasn't, but uh, because the book is about largely about my own experiences and something we we talk, I end up talking with our customers about all the time. It 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 really was one. It was a a passion project, and it was something I enjoy writing about and talking about. So so it was fun to kind of put these into organized thoughts for the first time, and um, and then it really I, I've always enjoyed writing. So so the actual act of writing. I know a lot of people are intimidated by the act of writing, but um, I've always enjoyed it and have done it in the in a lot of writing of different types in the past. So so that part itself wasn't intimidating. It was just recognizing, yep, this is going to be a lot of work. This is going to take time. You can't rush it. And uh, and having a great team to help you. Yeah. And obviously, the, the incentive for you is that there's potentially a large amount of return on investment that you're going to be able to get from having this book out there that, you know, avenues of generation of, of ROI that wouldn't have been there without it ever being in a book in the first place. That's right. Because I could not have reached the number of people that you could reach with a book uh, in the same level of depth uh, as, as you do otherwise. So hopefully uh, the book is widely read and, and, and uh, at least in our target, you know, our target audience reads it and recommends it to their colleagues and their friends. And, uh, and then it generates, you know, interest in what Cumulus does and, and the expertise that my team and I have to, to help companies you know, get better. And that, that that's our passion. Our passion is we we look at that 30% rework rate and we say that's unacceptable to us mm -hmm. and it should be unacceptable to society and it should be unacceptable to every business manager, administrator, executive out there. And we we can work together and we have a proven method for for how to get that down to as close to zero as you possibly can. And that's our passion and that's what we want to do. Awesome. Well, I can tell you, just just talking to our staff internally, they all love the book. <laughs> Great. Uh, it's on my reading list. I'm going to definitely check it out. But yeah, it's getting a lot of good buzz with us. Um, so, Matt, one of the things I like to do as we kind of start to wind down our conversation, they always give you the floor for a few minutes to maybe cover something that we haven't talked about, something I didn't ask a question about, a golden nugget, something that you feel like our audience can take and immediately run with it just after hearing this conversation. So what do, what do you have for them? Yeah, sure. I would, um, I'm actually really excited about what's happening with artificial intelligence uh, oh. and the accessibility of artificial intelligence in the market. You know, last year was the year of chat GPT and, <laughs> and other similar software, but we're really, I, I am a firm believer that we are at the beginning of a, a new age of computing and of interfacing with technology. Uh, and, and I'm someone who's normally skeptical of a lot of, a lot of hype cycles, but I've seen the real benefits. And I would encourage people when they're thinking about improving their businesses, um, whether it's work quality or something else, to, to be open to this sort of to this sort of change. There's things that people can do with artificial intelligence that we're doing internally at our own, my own company to just make people more productive and efficient at their jobs. I don't think people should fear job loss. Sure, certainly with any technological advancement that's gonna happen in isolated cases, but 
Uh, I think it's a net positive for society. And I think certainly it will help us use and interact with data and information that we have at our disposal in a way that we've never been able to do before. And I am super excited about that. And I hope the audience is too. And mm -hmm. you combine thinking about your business systematically with the new power of tools that we're just starting to see with AI. Um, we, we as an industry should really, uh, we, we are going to be surprise ourselves to the upside with how much we can improve uh, our businesses and generally uh, the world at large. Yeah, I am in complete agreement with you. I think that within 10 years, we're going to be looking at this time as almost like the end of a dark age because of just the amount of streamlining and the amount of, uh, it's not going to be replacing people. It's going to be able to help them work more efficiently and work better, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. a there's a great statistic I heard not too long ago that that in construction, more than 90 percent of data that's created during the construction of a building is not used by anybody. And that's because yeah. all of that data is inaccessible to the current systems that we have. It's it's not structured properly. It, it's it's not in a format that makes sense. And what artificial intelligence, and then humans, so humans have to look at it, and there's only so much humans can process because we only have so much processing power in our brains. But what artificial intelligence can do is just like humans can take unstructured data and see patterns and make sense out of it, artificial intelligence can help us do that at scale. And imagine if we go from only using about 10% of the data we generate in construction to 50, 60, 70% of it, just how much better we can be. And that's just one little example uh, of, of how this is gonna help us uh, really be better um, as a society and as an industry. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, Matt, how can our audience find out more about you? Uh, best way uh, I'm active on LinkedIn is the social network uh, media network that I'm most active on. So just look, look me up, Matthew Kleiman. Um, should be pretty easy to find me at Cumulus. Um, you could also reach out directly through uh, through Cumulus and email me directly at matt at cumulusds.com and matt with two T's, cumulusds.com. But, but, but LinkedIn is probably uh, the best way. I do check it and I do respond. So I really look forward to hearing from everybody. <laughs> awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, those links are below and the book is Work Done Right, which you can also find a link to then the embedded in this uh, podcast. Um, Matt, it was fun. We, I'm, I'm glad that we didn't get off topic because I was afraid we were going to, we, we were both airplane heads, ladies yes, and gentlemen. Yes. So we I was afraid I was going to go a little too far on the aerospace. So we I, was, I, was on my, I was on my best behavior there. Yeah, me too. We avoided uh, geeking out too much over airplanes. <laughs> uh, so congratulations to us. And I'm sure the audience is grateful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Matt, it was a pleasure. We look forward to continuing to work with you. Thanks, Andrew. Enjoyed being here. Thank you.